We are only one game away from the end of the MEAC season, and there's no team that should scare you more going into the tournament other than North Carolina Central. Oh yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, Sam Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives right here at the bottom of the screen i nearly messed up i was like real close to missing but i still got it we're still here we're still getting it and guess what today's episode is brought to you by fanduel visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started they are the official sports book of the locked on podcast network make every moment more And we have a stacked episode for you guys today. Jackson State women's basketball has won their fourth, yes, one, two, three, four of them things in a row, SWAC championships, but this one is more special than the others. And Texas Southern and Alcorn put on a terrific offensive explosion with two highlight players. Before we get into any of that, we have to start off in the other conference in the D1 landscape. We have to start off in the MEAC because there is no team you should be scared of more going into the MEAC tournament than the North Carolina Central Eagles. Now we're talking about a team where, or a conference where we have Howard and Norfolk and Morgan State and North Carolina Central. They've all shown that they can beat each other. So what makes me say that you should be scared of North Carolina Central more than anybody else? Where it comes down to a simple thing. How are you playing right now? What is your performance like at this current moment going into the tournament? And right now, there's not a team hotter. Whether you want to talk about who should scare you more, all right, uh, we can have that conversation. Are you scared more of Howard? Are you scared more of Norfolk? All those things. But when I'm talking about this conversation and why I say it's North Carolina Central, I say it because there's no team that's hotter. They're on a six-game win streak at the moment, and who else can say that? We've had other teams who have been on six-game win streaks, Howard was on a real nice win streak. Lost to North Carolina Central. North Carolina or or Norfolk State was on a really nice win streak. Lost to North Carolina Central. You know, they they didn't end both of those streaks, but they were a part of the games that those teams had lost, and they have not lost many teams. Lost too many teams, excuse me. And I always tell you we should focus on the top seed. I always say we should focus on the top seed because that's what you're aiming for. In North Carolina Central, they might not be able to get that number one seed. There is a route where they can still share a conference championship. I don't know the tiebreaker from there, but they might not be able to get the number one seed. But they have Coach Moten. And when you have a legendary coach, I'm going to put a lot of faith into your win streak because I feel like, okay, this isn't just something that just happened. This isn't a flash in the pan. This is something that, Also, they started off pretty well in the season, and now you have a good coach. 
I think that he can continue this going forward. And if you're heating up at this moment, right before the, the tournament, that's exactly what you want. You want to be playing your best basketball before basketball counts the most. But the Eagles are on the current six-game win streak, and it's not like they're just beating Rudy Poos. Let's do look at who they've beaten. In the last two games that they played were against Howard and Norfolk State. Howard is number one in the conference. Norfolk State is number two in the conference. They're tied for number two. And the reason they're tied for number two is because they lost this game to North Carolina Central, and now North Carolina Central has tied Norfolk State. So that's what we're looking at. And seeding aside, it's just about them beating really good teams. And they beat Howard. They beat Norfolk State. Even if for some reason Norfolk State was at three now, we know that they are a quality team. And to be able to beat them back to back, it says something. It says that you were prepared for a tournament because if you're going semifinals versus finals, this is the type of two teams you could play. You could go Howard and then Norfolk State in the semis and then the finals. But here's my thing is... You could have a you could be the number one seed. I don't know what the tiebreakers are in the MIAC, but if Howard loses to Norfolk State on Saturday and North Carolina Central wins on Saturday, they would be in a three way tie for number one, meaning they would have a share of the first place spot in the MIAC. Then it's just about how the tiebreaker shakes out to get the number one seed. Let's look at the high or highlight one of the players that they had a really great who had a really good couple of games, and that is Jameis. Y'all got to forgive me. My mind is really in football mode still at times, specifically my Saints. So we're not going to talk about Jameis Winston, but we're going to talk about Justin Wright. You see the, the JW threw me off, but Justin Wright was just voted the player of the week. And he showed off the clutch ability in this game against Norfolk because all of his 20 points came in the second half. And then he also had two big time steals, one with two and a half left, and then the other one with six seconds left. So these are clutch plays that you're having, clutch points that you're putting up. And that's what I want in my players. I want my players to be good, but when it's clutch time, I want them to be able to put it on. I want them to be able to add an extra little oomph onto their performance because they know that that game or that, that moment within the game matters that much more. Listen, they started off well to start the season. I think they were three and one, but then they went on a three game skid and I kind of feel like they went to the back. Maryland Eastern Shore, we, we saw them, you know, Norfolk State, Howard, they were all at the forefront and we might have forgotten about North Carolina Central. I know I've been guilty of it, but in the midst of that three game skid, which came right before this six game win streak, Coach Moten talked about how a lot of these players were dealing with so much off of the court. Off of the court, they had so many things going on to the point that coach said, I don't even think that I personally, if I was in their shoes, could play through it. I would assume if you're going on a six-game win streak that those situations off the court have been resolved. And it was nothing like legal problems or anything like that. It was more like just you know, probably issues going on with the family and, 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 and tragedies is what he said. He said there was tragedies going on. So it wasn't anything bad as far as suspensions and things like that. It was just... Things that can mess with your mind. Six games in a row, that tells me, oh, they figured it out. They know what they're doing. They have all of those things settled, and now we can get back to seeing the Eagles that we saw at the beginning of the year. So when a conference that has, that has Howard, has Norfolk State, has Maryland Eastern Shore, has Morgan State, I'm looking at North Carolina Central on a current six-game win streak with only one game away from the MEAC tournament. Hottest at the right times, great coach, and then also they beat quality teams back to back. 
that shapes up as the scariest team heading into the MEAC tournament. And going forward, we're going to continue with basketball. We're going to continue with the men's side. This is a full basketball episode today. But there was an offensive explosion out there in Mississippi because Alcorn and Texas Southern put on a dazzling display of offensive excellence as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And it feels like, feels like it's been a while since I've done a FanDuel read. But they're still here. They're still here with our no sweat first bet where even if you lose, they're going to give you free money back. They're going to give you free bets back. You want to be able to put your money down and not feel like, oh, I'm stressed. This is the place to go. And this is only for my new FanDuel members. It's easy, guys. We're right into the thick of basketball. The playoffs are coming up soon. Who you got? Stop putting your money on my Pelicans, man. This ain't, this ain't the time. Maybe wait until Zion gets back, and then we can start putting some money back down on the Pels. Got to find somebody else. Are you going with Luke and Kyrie in Dallas? So, you know, matter of fact, today... Kevin Durant is making his debut for the Phoenix Suns. Let's put some money down on the over-under because they have point totals. They have same-game parlays. They have just the win-loss results. They have the spread. They have everything on FanDuel. So go ahead and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. And when you go, make every moment more. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. As we continue with Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every single day. I truly do appreciate it. For your second listen of the day, make sure you're checking out Locked on College Basketball. My guy Isaac has you prepared for March Madness. And even if you haven't listened yet and you just start today, it's the beginning of March. You can be prepared for March Madness by the time that it begins. But Alcorn State and Texas Southern put on one of the best best offensive displays that we are going to see in the SWAC all season long. It was really that good. And no, my Tigers did not come up with it. And I'll be honest, you know, I said a little something about my Tigers at the Legacy Bowl on Saturday. They've lost two in a row since then. And I pride myself in saying I'm going to shut up about my Tigers. I can say that now because we're on a losing streak and it doesn't really matter. You're not, I'm not bragging, you know. But I bragged a little bit on Saturday saying, you know, I'm just going to let them do what they do. Psh, man, that's on me, H-Town. I, I apologize. But anywho, my Tigers didn't come down with the victory this time. That's okay, because with an offensive explosion like this, bias aside, this is something that needs to be discussed, something that needs to be highlighted, because the end of this game was 89-81, and that might not seem like anything to you, you might not blink twice at it, because you're thinking to yourself, I've seen teams score more than 89 points, and you have, you have, Southern scored 102 points in a game, so I'm not trying to say that no one's ever scored 89 points, it's not about the teams individually. It's about the teams as a unit. When you put those two teams together, they scored over or excuse me, they scored right on 170 points. That's the third most points that has been scored in a game in a SWAT game all year. Now, let's look at it because 
it's not it's not like no one else has done. I said it's third, right? The highest point total is Southern versus Bethune Cookman, 177 points. The final score of that was 102 to 75. That's a that's a blowout. Like that's not a competitive game. So technically, yes, somebody scored 177 points, but <sighs> doesn't really hold the same amount of weight when it's not a competitive game. That's just in my opinion. Then the next game that you have, that's second, is Jackson State versus UAPB. And that was 88 to 84 for a total of 172 points. But that game went into double overtime. There was 40 points scored in overtime of that game. 44, believe it or not. Yeah, right there. 44 on the dot, believe it or not. There, hey. Anyway, 44 points in, in overtime, the two overtimes. This is two overtimes. You got... 10 minutes extra, like, like, what are we talking about here? You have so much more time. This was done in regulation. This Texas Southern Alcorn game, they didn't go to extra time. If they, if they would have went to extra time, we might have had the first game in the SWAC in which both teams hit 100 points if it, had to, if it went to double overtime. That's legitimately what you could have seen, but they didn't get that extra time. So we looking at an even greater offensive display right there than me. Now, this is also one of only three games in which both teams scored 80 points. The one I'm talking about right now, TSU versus Alcorn, Jackson State versus UAPB, and Jackson State versus Texas Southern. That was 84 to 82, but that game did not hit the 170-point threshold. So, TSU versus Alcorn is the only one that checks all the boxes. Competitive. Check. Both teams score 80 points. Check and then hits over 170 points total between both teams. Check. This is one of the best offensive displays you are going to see all year long. But maybe, maybe you're sitting there and thinking, I've still seen people score more than 89 points. You just told me that Southern scored 102. Maybe that's something that you're stuck on, and I can't sway you off of that. I wish that I could, but it's okay. I'll tell you something you haven't seen. You haven't seen a player in the SWAT hit 40 points before this game, let alone 41. And that's exactly what P.J. Henry was able to do. When you're looking at P.J. Henry, his game, he had the most points scored by a player in the SWAT this year. Uh, 41 points. But then you also want to look at Kendall. Um, here we go. My bad. It's Jeremiah Kendall. Excuse me. My fault. That's my fault. But you're looking at Jeremiah Kendall, who had 33 points for Alcorn. Those are two players who scored in the top five most points in a single game by a player this year, and they played each other. This was an offensive explosion. Maybe 89 points doesn't get you. Maybe 89 to 81 just doesn't make you, you know, open your eyes. But there's no way you saw a team with a player score 40 or a player score 41 points go against a team with a player scoring 33 points, and you didn't at least raise your eyebrow a little bit. It didn't at least get your attention a little bit. I know that it did. It had to because this is not something that you see. It just isn't. When you look at the top five scores, matter of fact, in the top 10, none of these players played each other in the same game. It's just rare. So I'll give you another thing that this, this uh, represents. TSU's P.J. Henry scored 41 points. They lost. He scored 41. The rest of the team scored 40. They just weren't able to help him enough. Meanwhile, Jeremiah Kendall, he scored 33, and the rest of the team, they were able to add 56 of their own points. They were able to add on to that. They were able to contribute to the offense in a way that Texas Southern's others weren't able to do. 
And that's one of the reasons they got the win. But let's keep going a little bit deeper. Let's, let's dig into some of the fun facts of what this represents. You look at the top five scores in a single game, not talking about averages, but just top five scores in a single game. Only two have actually won that game. Now, one's kind of a cheat code because in this situation, I'm talking about Kendall and Henry, in which they were both able to play each other. So one had to win. Technically, right? One had to win. But it was only Kendall and Breonna Whitley who have won that game. Two out of the five highest scorers in a single game actually were able to lead their, their uh, team to victory. Matter of fact, one was in the blowout that I referenced earlier with Southern versus Bethune-Cookman. So now you see this is all kind of just going together. It's all tagging together. And it just continues a trend of high-scoring performances that are wasted, don't matter. And a lot of times it's because the rest of the team wasn't able to chip in like that. Or the, or the other guy had to do it. it. It's a bunch of reasons, but we've seen the trend of high-scoring games resulting in losses. I hate that it continues, mostly because it happened to my Tigers, but it is what it is. Either way you want to shake it out, team, individual, doesn't matter. Texas Southern versus Alcorn. P.J. Henry versus Jeremiah Kendall was an amazing display of offensive excellence. Going forward, we're going to go to a more bigger landscape. We're going to look at a whole season and kind of a four-year span and one that is definitely a dynasty. We're talking about Jackson State women's basketball because they just won their fourth conference championship in a row. But this one feels a little bit more special than the previous three. And that's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day and making it to segment three. Thank you two times for that, seriously. Jackson State women's basketball, they deserve to be celebrated for their continued excellence. They, de they deserve to be celebrated for the fact that they won their fourth conference championship in a row, talking about the regular season. And who knows, maybe they're on their way to win their third, fourth, whatever, because COVID canceled the 2020 championships or the conference tournament. But they're on the way to winning four or they've won four conference championships in a row. But this last one feels a little bit different and, dare I say, a tad bit more special than the first three. See, ever since Tamika Reed has stepped foot in Jackson State as the head coach, you've seen good. Doesn't matter. The first year made it to the semifinals. The next year after that, they won the SWAC. Then they won the SWAC tournament. Then they won the SWAC, won the SWAC tournament. Won the SWAC won a SWAC tournament. In one of those years that the COVID happened, they weren't able to hit the SWAC tournament. I think it was the second year that they won the, uh, no, actually it was the first year that she won the SWAC. They weren't able to compete in that SWAC tournament. Excuse me. So you're looking at that three years in a row that she won the SWAC. Every single year that she's been there, they've reached the semifinals. But I'll tell you what, they started winning championships when Amisha Williams Holiday was there. Medesha Rogan was there. That's when they started winning championships. And I'm not going to say that there was a question on whether or not they could do it without those two teams or those two players. But I'm sure there were some questions on, okay, what is Jackson State going to look like now? They, they're, they're defending swipe player of the year is no longer there. Defending defensive player of the year is no longer there. Three-time first team all swipe player is no longer there. This is the first time in probably a couple of years that Jackson State came into the season with some question marks. 
and you're just coming off of an undefeated season, what are you going to be? What are you going to look like? Are we going to find, are we going to find some chinks in the armor? I don't know. But those are the questions that people are asking going into the season. And I can tell you what. If you consider losing one conference game instead of no conference games a chink in the armor, yeah, I guess you found it. But to me, Jackson State women's basketball was just as dominant this year as they had been in the previous seasons, even with the Misha Williams holiday. So this is a this is definitely a take your hat off moment to Coach Reed because she showed that even when I have to swap out my stars, we can still have a great team. We can still dominate this conference. And that's exactly what they did. Let's look at what they did in 2022 or last season, the 2021-2022 season. Let's look at what they were able to do. First off, they didn't lose any home games in that year. That continued again. They've now won 39 home games in a row. I don't know if Rice lost a home game this year. If they did, that means that Jackson State has the longest home winning streak in the NCAA. They knocked off Texas Tech, which is a Big 12 team. They knocked off Ula La, Louisiana Lafayette. So you're looking at big time victories. You're looking at continued dominance at home. But let's get into the statistics when measuring up to the peers. Let's look at the, the where they ranked last year versus where they ranked this year. So in 2021 slash 22, Jackson State was first in scoring. First in defense, first in field goal percentage and field goal percentage defense, second in three-point percentage, least turnovers in the conference, first in blocks, and first in rebounds. Well, let's go ahead and check and see what they were able to do this year now that they've lost their two top players. This year, Jackson State was first in scoring offense, first in scoring defense, first in field goal offense, percentage offense, first in field goal percentage defense, second in three-point percentage, least turnovers in a season, first in blocks, and first in rebounds. It sounds very similar. Actually, it's exactly the same. They have, I'm not going to say they're the exactly same or exact same team, but you're looking at a team that went from losing Amisha Williams Holiday, one of the most dominant players in SWAC women's basketball over the last three years, losing Deja Rogan, one of the best players in SWAC women's basketball over the last three years, also a first team or excuse me, a three-time all-SWAC player in her own right. And they don't miss a beat. They don't miss a single beat. They just keep going. They keep chugging. They just replace the, the production. I'm not saying they made another Amisha. Not at all, right? They don't have that player. Like, they're not going to have the SWAT player of the year this year. That's okay, because they might be the SWAT champions in the tournament yet again this year. We already seen that they won the SWAT tournament or won the SWAT championship in the regular season this year. We've already seen all of that. So they're a dominant team, and that's what matters. Let's look at how they were able to replace the production that they had. Angel Jackson. Great job taking on that burden on the uh, on the boards and in the paint. Leads the team in blocks. They're still first in blocks in the conference. She's averaging seven rebounds a game. And you're looking at T-Line Bowler. She leads the squad in points, top 10 in points in the, in the conference. As a unit, we've seen what they were able to achieve. Now we look at the fact of what individuals were able to help lead and spurhead that or spearhead that change or that consistency, really, I shouldn't even say change, but that consistency within the change. We should commend Jackson State and Tamika Reed for being able to win their fourth conference championship in a row. But for all the reasons I just named, being able to just switch out talent and still have that same level of success, 
this one probably feels just a tad bit more special. But I don't think it feels as special as you making us your first listen of the day every day. I don't know. There's not many things that are more special than that. I truly do appreciate it. For your second listen, make sure you're checking out the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. March Madness is around the corner, and that makes this a must listen. And it's always a great listen, even if we're not talking about the tournament. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to look at the Howard Bison because I think that they've clinched. It's hard because I don't know the tiebreakers, but they've at least clinched a share of the MEAC championship in the regular season. And with another win, they'll be able to be the first seed for sure. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care. Stay blessed. Peace.